Can anyone imagine being a regular gambler on the NFL? I'm sure some of you don't have to imagine. I'm sure some of you have lived it. I'm not into that at all, but my goodness, who can do that this particular year of all years? Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. It will be Steelers versus Ravens Sunday at 425 p.m. at Heinz Field. And if you think you've got some kind of beat on this game, if you think you're privy to some sort of inside edge or special research or knowledge, you're out of your mind. And I would say that in a normal year, considering how closely these teams historically play each other. I mean, for crying out loud, last year, do you remember that game? The one here, the Ravens came up with like two-thirds of a team They couldn't come close to filling out their roster because of all the COVID issues and the game got delayed a bunch of times. Yeah, that. And they still made it a game. And the same applies in the reverse. Just when you think the Steelers have no chance of competing with Baltimore in a given year or whatever else, the game will go right down to a final kick, and it's going to be either Justin Tucker or Chris Boswell finishing it off. That's what this game is going to be. It's not going to be certainly what we saw Sunday in Cincinnati. I would like to give the benefit of the doubt to Mike Tomlin, the coaching staff, and the players that they could take an embarrassment like that and learn from it, particularly how it happened by basically just allowing Joe Mixon to run all over them for 160 billion yards. I would like to think that they could learn from their defensive lapses, their lack of defensive effort. And I would like to think in turn that Ben Roethlisberger and his wide receivers can take advantage, as every other Baltimore opponent has done this year, of the Ravens having virtually no secondary left other than Marlon Humphrey. Humphrey's going to get assigned to Deontay Johnson. We know that. Deontay knows that. Talked about it yesterday. Yeah, I mean, he's a pretty much trout. Their best corner, obviously. I mean, they paid him and whatnot. Great player. You know, can't take nothing from him. But if he follows me, going to do what he do. Going to have to play the game out. You know, it's going to be a competitive matchup. So I'm, I'm ready regardless. But other than that, in the usual semi-stout front, Baltimore's defense isn't going to be anything special. All of this counterbalances as well. These teams have been literal mirror images of each other for close to 20 years now. And it's not going to change Sunday. So what, if anything, can we learn from an outcome in either direction? This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying 
Whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. For me, the number one thing I'm looking forward to seeing, and this might strike you as boring, bordering on uh, irrationally intangible, but I want to see some bleeping moxie, you know? What have we seen that from this team this year? Uh, I guess you could say in the second half against the Chargers, right? Big comeback, 27 points in the fourth quarter. Kind of got everybody's hopes up falsely for the following week. But nonetheless, in the moment, you know, there was some moxie there. Uh, They've had games that they've had to tough out down the stretch. But when was the last time you looked at the Pittsburgh Steelers and said to yourself, you know what? They just punched those guys in the mouth. They just decided that this was going to be a street fight. They exerted their will in addition to strength and everything else physically that's involved in performing that way and just took it to that team. Those other guys had no chance given how our guys showed up for this battle. When was the last time you could say that? I don't believe it's been this season. I don't believe it happened through the 11-0 start last season. A lot of that can be assigned to the offensive line. I think that's a fair way to do this. And I start that range with 2020 whenever the Marquise Pouncey group really started to show its age. I've got to go back to 2019. I've I've got to go back to, you know, I, I can't even do 2019. I can't even do that. That was the year Ben was hurt. And, I mean, there were there was some toughness shown and, and, and everything else. And I, I feel like the last time the Steelers really exerted their will, flexed their muscles against an opponent, don't laugh at me for this, was a loss in New Orleans in 2018. The Saints had no answer for what Ben and Antonio Brown were doing. Do you remember that game now? Now as I say it that way, like A.B. had a like 100 catches for like a, a hundred billion yards. I'm not looking it up. You remember it. And the defense, I mean, look, they, they were going against a pretty good quarterback too. But you felt like the Steelers were in charge in that game. I know this is going to sound so dumb, and I, I, I'm still not going to apologize for it. But I was there in the Superdome, and if my Guess is that if you were there too or you recall it vividly off television, you'd know what I'm talking about. It was the last time that I can remember thinking to myself, man, the Steelers, you know, this is what they can do. This, this is, this is them. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Even if it was just the offensive side of the ball. 
I don't know how you get that back. I don't think you get it back on Sunday. I don't think you get it back with a two or three game winning streak. Not that I see that forthcoming. But maybe, just maybe, there will be something that lines up Sunday with this concept. You know, Cam Hayward talked a little bit about what's expected of everyone in his meeting with We Reporter Types yesterday. Effort only comes into play when you execute your job. Um, And I think uh, we've gotten to a point where uh, we're not executing well. Um, You know, coaches can draw up what we need to do, but if we don't execute it, um, you know, point of attack, uh, being in the right assignment, uh, you do that, then you can play with effort. You don't do that, uh, and you try to play with effort, you look like a bonehead. So we got to, you know, play a lot better. Um, I know it looked ugly on Sunday. but I look forward to cleaning it up this week. Yep, there it is. Go get them. Show us what you got. Try, try to impress us, you know. When we come back, just one question. for just one question and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need help with workers comp or medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise they keep that promise and this law firm has been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them at lgkg.com. And today's J1Q comes from Dan, who says, I really appreciated the Thursday podcast, but the one question that I keep coming to in relation to the Steelers' way, we're hearing Ben's remarks about the relationship between that and the presence of Dan Rooney in the locker room. And I'm thinking to myself, where is Art the second in this discussion? The Steeler way has always seemed rooted first and foremost in the Rooneys, whether it was the all-Pittsburgh demeanor of the Chief or the persona and presence of Dan. I'm asking, and not predetermining the answer, what type of owner is Art? And I'm I'm taking your question in the in the proper spirit here, and I feel obligated to first state that what any owner does happens almost entirely behind the scenes. I realize that's kind of Captain Obvious material here, but I sometimes get the impression that uh, listeners of the show or readers of the column will think that we're like hanging out with them in their offices or something even pre-pandemic times it's just not the case that said art is around the team almost always Uh, it's very rare to see a practice that he's not attending Uh, more often than not he'll be by himself 
uh, off to the left edge of the area of the, the main building that faces the practice fields, uh, riding an exercise bike, keeping himself in, in good shape. Uh, you won't see him, again, normal, non-COVID times, uh, gallivanting through the locker room or doing that Jerry Jones stuff where he's uh, whooping it up and talking with everyone and speaking for the head coach and other insanity. But he's around. He's visible. Players know where to find him, and they don't feel that it's an imposition or stepping out of line if they do. The ultimate example on that front came a couple of months ago when T.J. Watt decided to end his own contract stalemate by going against his agents, knocking on Art's door, which was open, and saying, hey, let's get this done. And from there, it got done. Cam Hayward, Ben Roethlisberger, countless other players have related similar stories. Uh, I have no cause to not believe them. What does this have to do with running the football team or whatever his responsibilities will be toward trying to address the current mess and where it's headed? Obviously a big, big, big offseason to come. We're going to find out. I liked everything that Art said last January. I don't like how poorly it was followed up. You can't say to everyone in your building, we need to prioritize the running game, and then say the same thing publicly, and then oversee the drafting of Najee Harris, and then watch your GM and head coach do nothing to assemble an adequate National Football League offensive line. That, to me, you can very easily trace back to the very top. So we're going to find out. That, that's going to be the best answer that I can give you right now. We're going to find out a lot more about Art this coming off season than we will have at any point in his tenure. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these on Monday. 